Did you know Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Mondovi is really growing to meet the needs of farmers? Matt has expanded his service area, and your animals can enjoy the expanded feed lines and bulk custom feed mixes right now. He also has seed for all your planting needs for next spring's planting. Visit Bluff Country Feed and Seeds website at bluffcountryfs.com to see what Matt and the crew can do for you. Chilson Motors with Gene Chilson, our sponsors of our Wax Farm Show podcast. At Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat and Chilson Chrysler Dodge Jeep and Ram, we have an excellent selection of certified pre-owned Ram models to choose from. Purchase a certified Ram and receive our seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty and its factory-back coverage from Ram. A certified Ram offers a great deal of confidence and peace of mind with a seven-year, 100,000-mile warranty. And we now have a great selection in stock and ready for immediate delivery. And ready to get those farm chores done. Absolutely. To see all the models, call, click, or visit Chilson's Corner Motors of Kadat on the corner of Highway 27 and X or Chilson Chrysler Dodge on Business Highway 53 or visit us on the web at chilson.com. And remember, let our family take care of your family. It's the Wax Midwest Farm Report podcast with Joe Welke, Kristen Smith, and me, Bob Bosold. Good morning to you. I'm Kristen Smith, along with... Jill Welke. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. So you were off last week. I was off last week. So was there a reason you were off last week? I was farming. Well, yeah. I mean, that's we're... what we do every day. <laughs> we were calving. Calving. How'd yep. that go? Good. Uh, we're up to 24. Oh, my gosh. And since um, I from when I didn't start, when I haven't been back to work, it's been 13 calves. So wow, we, we had 13 babies. 13 babies. Yep. And they're all doing well and running around. And from names from Lenora to Lavender to Lester to Luca. How about Larry. We do not have a Larry. Well, now you've got to name one Larry. Well. We've got a listener out there somewhere that says, hey, what about Larry? We actually have one that's named Lenny's, too. How about Lenny? Yep, I got a Lenny. You got a Lenny. Okay, we're going to have to come up with L names here. <laughs> so you were busy farming. You know what? You have children, Jill, and so do I. My biggest peeve was I cleaned my house on Saturday, like scrubbed the floors, got all that dirt in because the dog brings it in, the kids bring it in, the spouse brings it in. I don't. The dirt stays outside. It knows better for me. Whatever. And then yesterday afternoon, the kids come tromping through the house with shoes. And not just regular shoes. They were outside playing in the yard shoes. Okay. And I looked at my daughter and I'm like, really? And she's like, well, it's just a little bit of dirt. Well, then she should clean it up. That's what her plan is tonight. (laughs) (laughs) She is going to clean my floors again. My kids drop their flo- shoes at the door pretty good because I have carpeted house. Even my kitchen is carpeted. Oh, so yeah. So they'd come in and their shoes were pretty off. I mean, <laughs> we had to we had to live through some stinky feet, but <laughs> at least I didn't have. Well, no, I had mud everywhere. I'd face it. I live out in the woods. I think what's almost worse than having muddy shoes is wet sock prints. Oh, that's mm-hmm. yeah. That, mm. I had that too. You. That, I know. And then they they didn't just walk. They slid across my hardwood floors. <laughs> yeah. 
sounds to me like they need some mud, sponges on their feet or something. They, they can wash something. those floors. <laughs> but we've got to talk about something interesting coming up here in just a little bit. Besides agriculture, the Easter Bunny sent us a report. So if you got some little ones, you better tune into that because it's going to be a good one. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, spring kicked off exactly one week ago today, and Jill, I think we've had a pretty good spring so far. It's only been a week, but I think it's been really good. I think it has, too. The sun has finally come out, and that makes my days so much better. And the snow is finally melting. Like, you can see the grass, and summer's already greening up. Oh, I've still got three-foot drifts by my house. Well, that's because you don't shovel. (laughs) No, I don't shovel, but where it was shoveled, it's gone, but... Yeah, no, it's still a big drift. Still a big drift. Well, it is spring in Wisconsin. The robins are back. We saw some swans flying yesterday. The geese are back. All the birds are kind of back. Somebody said they saw a bluebird in the area. So I think spring and summer has finally going to show its face. Absolutely. Well, if that doesn't kick off your Monday morning, I don't know what will. And Jill... Pop quiz. Uh oh. What movie is that song from? Heartland. Well, yeah, that's the name of the song, but what movie is that song in? <laughs> oh, it came out in 1992. Ooh, she does know that. Oh. And I didn't give you time to Google it either. No, you didn't. <laughs> Shame on you. It is called Pure Country. Oh, there we go. Oh, it is a classic movie. If you haven't watched it, go out, order it, buy it. Somehow stream it. I don't care. It is amazing. And it's got George Strait in it, so can't go wrong there. Absolutely. I mean, that's almost like watching Kevin Costner in Yellowstone. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jill likes that. I do. <laughs> but it is 501 on 104.5 FM, WAXX Eau Claire. Let's check in this morning with some national news. NBC News Radio. I'm Mark Mayfield. Georgia is declaring a state of emergency in response to a string of severe storms that hit the south over the weekend. Governor Brian Kemp made it official Sunday as thunderstorms and multiple tornadoes were felt in parts of the state. High-velocity winds have caused damage to homes and businesses. More than two dozen people died across Mississippi and Alabama after a recent outbreak of tornadoes. President Biden declared an emergency in Mississippi to aid in recovery and cleanup efforts. National Security Council spokesman John Kirby is defending President Biden ordering airstrikes in response to a string of recent Iranian-backed attacks on U.S. bases in Syria. And the president retaliated swiftly and boldly, significantly, to deal with that. Appearing on CBS Face the Nation, Kirby stressed the administration's commitment to protecting U.S. troops. When asked if there would be a response to three follow-up attacks by militant groups, one of which injured another service member, Kirby did not rule out further military action. Rapper Kanye West says an actor's performance in a 2012 movie comedy has made him change his tune about Jewish people. Trey Thomas explains. West was banned from multiple social media platforms in 2022 after a series of anti-Semitic posts. He posted on his Instagram account over the weekend, watching Jonah Hill in 21 Jump Street made me like Jewish people again. West included a poster of the movie that was based on the late 80s TV show that starred Johnny Depp. I'm Trey Thomas. The death toll from an explosion at a chocolate factory in Pennsylvania is now seven. Authorities say the remains of two more victims were discovered on Sunday. At least seven people were taken to area hospitals in varying condition on Friday after the initial blast. There hasn't been any official word as to what caused the deadly explosion. And actor Daniel Radcliffe is going to be a dad. The Harry Potter star and his longtime girlfriend, actress Erin Dark, are expecting their first child. You're listening to the latest from NBC News Radio. 
feeding information to the folks who feed you. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And we're going to feed you some information right now. Egg Day at the Capitol is coming up on Wednesday, March 29th. And as farmers from across the state make plans to head to Madison, the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation has a few items that they're looking forward to discussing. The first would be rural road funding. Because many rural roads are either not large enough for farm equipment to operate on safely or are in major disrepair. Another item that's also up for discussion would be the food supply chain issues such as animal and human health concerns post-COVID, along with milk hauling permitting grievances. Now, while the deadline for early registration has passed and you still want to go to Ag Day at the Capitol, you can register online yet at WF bf.com so if you want to go you have to go to wfbf.com and register and jill we've got some lower prices that farmers are looking going to be looking forward to i would think they'd be really looking at these especially with those planting coming in retail fertilizer prices tracked by dtn for the second full week of march continue to show lower levels Leading the way, lower was anhydrous. The nitrogen fertilizer was 13% lower compared to last month and had an average price of $1,059 per ton. UANA, UAN28 was 11% less expensive looking back a month and had an average price of $428 a ton. UAN32 was 9% lower. Urea was 7% less expensive, and potash was 5% lower as compared to last month. All fertilizers are now double digits lower compared to one year ago, as this trend has been in place for two and a half months, and hopefully that trend will continue going down. Nice. I mean, hey, if you can save money and these prices are going down, that's the main thing. Absolutely. I hope that not all the farmers had stuff all booked last Mm -hmm. fall when the higher prices. Oh, I know. But what do you do? You don't lock in. Prices, you know, go sky high. You do lock in, then they drop. Well, it seems like it's all just a gamble lately. Mm -hmm. Wait till next year. Election year coming up. Who knows what the prices will do then? Yeah, it'll probably. Yeah, who knows? Time will tell. (laughs) Time will tell. And we've got some other fun stuff coming up. But we do have one quick reminder. The now, I, now, Jill, you and I've talked about this one before. The Merrill Rodeo, you've heard about this up in Merrill. It's called the Wisconsin River Pro Rodeo, and that's coming up here in not too long, June 9th through the 11th. And we got to mark our calendars now because they're selling advanced tickets. So, advanced tickets are on sale now at wrpr.org. Come and enjoy three action packed performances of professional rodeo at the Merrill Festival Grounds. June 9th, 10th, and 11th. So get those advanced tickets now. Do you ever go to that rodeo? I have not been to that rodeo. I think we should do that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I like that. Okay. (laughs) Only if they have a mechanical bull. We need to try that and video it. Okay, you first. Oh, right away. You'll back out. Well, isn't it... uh, Well, I don't know how to put that. So I just think you should try it first. Oh, yeah. I just... I think it would be fun. Bring my cowboy hat, put on some spurs. That bull don't know what's going to happen. It would definitely be interesting. <laughs> well, we've got to check in with some weather that'll be coming in in just a little bit. Keeping it rural. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And let's take a look at your morning weather. We're looking at a partly sunny day today, so we're going to see some sunshine, but some clouds high at 43. 
Tonight, there's going to be a few clouds out there with a low of 21. Tomorrow, mostly cloudy with a high of 39 degrees. Still not bad for spring. Tomorrow night, we are going to have some clouds, and there is a chance of snow. But just a small one, so nothing crazy. Low of 17 degrees. Wednesday, mainly sunny, but a little bit cooler. Only a high of 33. Wednesday night, we got some clouds with a low of 16. Temperatures around the area right now, we've got up in Medford, 19 degrees. Down over in La Crosse, 30 degrees. Marshfield's at 26. Over east, Green Bay, 28 degrees. Up north, Rice Lake is at 21. Wausau's at 24. Down in Madison, they're also at 24 degrees. Milwaukee's at 31. And right here in the Eau Claire, Chippewa Falls, Menominee area, we are at 24 degrees. We've got your morning markets. Those will be coming up next, and they'll be brought to you by Rural Mutual Insurance. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. All right, Jill, what's that time in the morning? Kick us off with the morning markets. What do you got for us? Well, I've got the cash livestock. Choice fed beef steers are 157 to 170 with mixed at 105 to 156. Choice fed beef heifers are 157 to 170 with mixed at 102 to 156. Choice fed Holstein steers are 135 to 153 with select and Silage-fed steers, 108 to 134. Cows are 78 to 116, with bulls at 91 to 115. Butcher hogs are 40 to 76, with sows at 35 to 48. Boars are 15 to 23 and a half, with shorn market lambs at 140 to 160. Unshorn market lambs, 140 to 159. Feeder lambs, 170 to 380. Ewes are 75 to a dollar. Small goats are 65 to 230. Medium goats are one hundred twenty to two hundred forty five dollars. Large goats are one hundred thirty five to four hundred dollars. With nanny goats at fifty to two hundred seventy dollars. Thank you, Jill. And switching over to the Mercantile Exchange, we've got live cattle for April at one hundred and sixty three dollars. That's up eighty five cents. June is at one fifty six sixty, up eighty. August is at one fifty six forty two, up seventy two. Feeder cattle for March is at one eighty nine sixty five, up sixty two. April's at one ninety four eighty, down twenty cents. May's at one ninety seven fifty five, down a dollar five. Lean hogs for April's at seventy seven seventeen, up a dollar forty two. May's at eighty five sixty seven, up two thirty two. June is at ninety one forty two, up two o five. And switching over to the Chicago Board of Trade, we've got your July corn down just a nickel at six eighteen on the overnight. Your July oats down a fraction at three sixty two. July beans down four at fourteen o one. July soybean meal was down two dollars and forty cents a ton to four thirty nine twenty a ton. July wheat down seven at six ninety two. Switching over to the dairy side, barrel cheese was up a quarter cent to a dollar ninety six and a quarter. Your blocks were up four and a half cents at two dollars and ten cents, and your double A grade butter was down just a quarter cent at two thirty four and a half. Class three futures for March remained unchanged on Friday to eighteen ten. April up seventeen cents to nineteen ninety three. May up seventeen cents to nineteen twelve. June up eleven cents to eighteen seventy seven. July was up 18 cents to 1901, and then those markets continued double digits upward through 2023. So through December, good news there. Let's keep those markets going. 16 minutes after 5 o'clock on this Monday morning, and Jill, I think I should take harmonica lessons. That was so much fun in that song. I think you should too, but I think you should practice at home before you bring it in here. Oh, no. (laughs) I think you need to be my number one, like mentor. I, Teach me how it's done right. <laughs> I can't sing and I can't play any instruments, so it would be a learning curve for both of us. All right, away. See how it is. <laughs> no, no. I didn't say it's not impossible. I just say that I'd have a lot to learn, too. Well, nothing's impossible. <laughs> well, I mean, well, there are a few things, but 
And we got to get moving here, though. We've got Easter just a few weeks away. And, Jill, I got a report from the Easter Bunny along with the USDA's National Agricultural Statistics Service that the Wisconsin egg production during February was at 139 million eggs, down just 8% from last month and down 15% from last year. The average number of all layers on hand during February was at 5.93 million. That's up 2% from last month, but down 17% from the same month last year. In the United States, egg production totaled 8.23 billion. That's during February. That was down 5% from last year. And the average number of layers during February totaled 379 million, down 3% from last year. Total layers in the U.S. as of March 1st were at 382 million. That was down that same 3% from last year. That's pretty impressive. Well, it's down a lot, but I think the avian influenza really had an effect. But I think it's coming back. Yeah. I've got more chickens at my house. Yeah. Well, (laughs) hey, the Easter Bunny's really hopping to this count. He is hopping away. (laughs) And what else is going on? And he also wants to remind us that this week, starting tomorrow through Thursday, is the WPS Farm Show at the EAA Grounds in Oshkosh. Admission is free, parking is $5, and this show will run from 9 till 4, Tuesday and Wednesday, and then 9 to 3 on Thursday. Excellent. Well, have a safe trip over that way. If you're going that way, it's going to be a big show, a lot of fun, wear good shoes. And Bob's going to be joining us here in just a little bit. He had a chance to speak with Dan Bass, so he'll be coming in right here on Wax. Agriculture. It's the Wisconsin way of life. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. The barn was full at the recent Professional Dairy Producers of Wisconsin Annual Business Conference in Wisconsin Dells. Among the featured speakers, Dan Bossy, who is president of Ag Resource Company headquartered in Chicago, but with offices all over the world, he gave the economic outlook on agriculture and what's ahead. We had a chance to visit with Dan to talk about the fact that uh, economics have changed. Did you ever imagine they would be changing in agriculture this much, Dan? No, I really can't, Bob. I mean, I, I, I remember being at the uh, the dinner table with my grandfather as a young kid saying, you know, we're never going to see corn yields get above 100 bushels an acre or cows produce 20,000 pounds, but technology has just taken us to a place, and with that technology comes, uh, obviously, the, the volatility that markets have uh, unleashed on us. But, you know, the world today is less certain as rates are rising and the fight of inflation is going on. There's so many wars around the world, whether it's Russia and Ukraine, central banks against inflation, or maybe even Mother Nature against the world crops. And as uh, you mentioned, the banks, let's start there. With the banks in the United States and the East and the West Coast, and we're not done yet. No, there are shoes still dropping, and when you put pressure points on the financial system of the rate increase that we have had to date, you will see other uh, things break, if you will. And so, you know, we did see the the U.S. uh, Central Bank uh, step in and assure all depositors, but that doesn't mean that shareholders are going to be made whole. And Europe, we have the Saudi uh, bank coming forward this morning and suggesting that, indeed, they're not going to fund Credit Suisse. And so Credit Suisse may be in a peculiar, difficult position in terms of reserves. this whole thing is spreading because people have assets on their balance sheets which are being degraded by rising rates. And, you know, it's something that's going to continue here until we actually get some uh, sense of uh, solidarity and confidence within the whole system. I think that's going to take a few months, not a few days. And as we look at uh, the interest rates, the average person out there says, it's hard to pay our bills now. You're going to raise interest rates even more. 
What is the logic behind that? So we've got a we've got a problem here. We've got a central bank that has one hammer in the toolbox, which is called rising rates and trying to smash demand. What the world really needs today is more supply. It needs more grain, more 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 cows, more milk, more protein. It needs more homes. It needs more automobiles. It needs a supply chain that works. And unfortunately, that's not what the central bank does. They don't make any of that stuff. And so they are hammering on demand. When you hammer on demand like that through rising rates, as I said, things break and things happen. And that's kind of where we're at. I hope that after an increase, maybe next week, the bank puts or hits the pause button because we need to all refresh and catch our breath. As we look at the world saying we need more of this, we need more of that, farmers can respond in this country at least, and they produce more of this and more of that. But they're not getting more for it. No, that's right, and everybody has their hand in their pocket, and so it's a, it's a dance that's going on right now. Though I will tell you that this is the first time in our research that America's reached for something we call peak farmland, where there, there isn't an availability of additional arable land to be brought into production unless we steal it from the CRP. And USDA and Vilsack seems to be very much against that today. So as we look at it, we're going to have to look abroad if we need another 20 or 25 million acres. Largely, they all come from South America. So Brazil and its uh, it's a recalibration of agriculture and renaissance, if you will, is going to be the big deal for the next 10 or 20 years. How does that then affect uh, American agriculture? I know Americans are investing in Brazil and Argentina and places like that, but the overall agriculture economy in this country looks at those countries in South America still as as competitors. When I first got in this business 44 years ago, the U.S. accounted for 64% of world agricultural trade. That number today is down around 10 or 11%. And so we're domesticating agriculture in the United States. It may be a good thing if uh, China ever turns away from us, but when I think about Brazil, it was just 10 years ago that they hardly exported any corn. Now the USDA is forecasting them to be the world's largest corn exporter. That's why I said it is a renaissance of Brazil in terms of its ability to produce for the world. We are still there, but we are now becoming less uh, tied to exports than we've been in prior cycles. But if we look at uh, America, 10 or 11 percent, sounds to me like with Brazil, South America, and other parts of the world that can be turned into agricultural giants, that number for us is going to go down. Well, it is, and it's going to be a little depressing in terms of our profitability. There is this thing uh, happening around 2060, which we call peak farmland globally. And at that point, when we absorb all those acres in the Black Sea in South America, that's when the yield and the whole production story really gets interesting in terms of what will happen to global agriculture. But today, there's still 18 million acres in South America, maybe something like 14 to 15 in the Black Sea that can be brought into production. We never know what's going to happen in Africa. Africa kind of a black hole, but suggesting that we are getting to the end where humankind needs to be more cognizant of technology and yield and food production will be more technologically based than it's ever been before. As you look at it, and in our state of Wisconsin, we're looking at a lot of pressure from putting up solar panels on producing agricultural land, putting up more wind turbines. How do you justify that economically with the demand for clean power? I see a lot of things crossing my desk where there's there's either solar panel or wind farms or proposals. Uh, it's very hard to pass some of these down because the the amount of money they offer over a 20 to 40 year time frame is immense. 
And so when you look at this, you know, the farmer needs to decide what his opportunities were. My big concern in the whole thing is, will these uh, emerging technological advances in, in energy be there 20 years from now, or will the world keep turning so quickly that these solar farms won't be needed? Uh, we uh, calculated ag resource, there may be somewhere between 250 and 350,000 acres this year cobbled up by, by solar farms. And so this is land that we need to have in food production, but again, a farmer sees a better profitability model for something else. He has a choice to move to it. That's our country. But I do worry a little bit about the uh, the farmland. But once you put a solar panel down into the ground and with all the concrete and all the other wires that are needed, it's probably not coming back to a farming position anytime soon. Technology has been wonderful as far as uh, making us and allowing us to produce more on less land. But as you look at it with the pressure for land, what do you see as the limit? We are not certain of that limit at this point. In fact, I'm, I hold a conference in Geneva, Switzerland, in which we will be talking about what is the limit. Can we, you know, when we look at the U.S. corn yield contest every year, those limits are being pushed upwards to four to 500 bushels per acre on dry land farming. And so we know there's opportunity there, but we need to, in the next 15 years get to where the U.S. corn yield is going somewhere from 177 bushels an acre, which are a record a day, closer to 200 or 210. That's what needs to happen, and technology is going to be that driver. I hope that Mother Nature allows it, but that maybe is the big question with climate changing as much as it is. Is that technology to get us there affordable for the farmer with the return on investment with fertilizer, seed costs, pesticide, chemical costs? It should be, but, you know, uh, we don't know how deep the hand goes into the farm pocket. Once that technology gets in his pocket, it's hard to bring it out. And then as we look at the position of age of the average U.S. farmer now being closer to 68 and a half years, you know, will there be this massive consolidation that some people think as technology grabs hold? These are things we have to work out yet. I sit as vice chairman of Farm Foundation. We try to look at these issues and go forward, but we're hopeful that the profitability margins for the U.S. farmers stay relatively strong, at least for the next five years you know you think about it jill 68 and a half years is the average age of the farmer well and i noticed that as we go through these farm shows mm-hmm. that there's an awful the age is really getting up there for many of them yeah but they don't act it there's a few that still got some sass and some spunk going absolutely oh no, we like it well thank you so much bob for that update And we've got your morning markets. Those will be coming in next, and they'll be brought to you by Chippewa Egg Solutions. The first voice of agriculture in Wisconsin for over 35 years. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. We're at 5.30 for this Monday morning, and Rocky Olson joins us now from Premier Livestock. And with you, good morning, Rocky. Hey, good morning. So, we've had spring for a week. What do you think? You think it's going to be a good spring, wet spring, dry spring? What's your prediction? Well, if I'm going to be hoping, I'm going to be hoping for a really good one. Oh, I think so, too. <laughs> just the right amount of rain. We do need some rain just to wash the roads and the dust and the dirt from the winter off. Yep. A good, good rain. All right. Well, Rocky. Sunshine, can... sunshine too. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> sunshine, 70 degrees. I'm all for it. Yep. Well, catch us up. What's going on over at Premier? 
Uh, thank you, Chris, and good morning, everyone. This is uh, last week's market shaped up here. We had a big week last week, uh, kind of all around here, but we sold uh, right at 3,800 head of livestock last week. Fed cattle traded strong. High choice and prime Holstein steers, 142 to 159. Select and low choice, 130 to 141. Choice beef steers and heifers up to 162. Market cows strong. High yielding cows from 96 to $1.07. Most cows traded from 80 to 95. Market bulls high yielding from 95 to 118 organic market cows sold every monday uh, 131 to 157 on the bulk of the organics lower yielding lightweights 130 and down newborn holstein bull calves sold really well last week mostly from 100 to 275 per head your beef is 175 to 490 feeder cattle special held here last week we sold over a thousand head of feeder cattle uh, well vaccinated wean beef calves 165 to 250 we had some light weights to 290. Uh, most of the Holstein steers traded from 120 to 162. Bred beef cows, we had some really good cows. Uh, those top quality kind bring an 1800 to 2150. Uh, next special feeder cattle auction is going to look like it'll be a big one. That's going to be on April 4th. If you're looking to sell feeder cattle, you ain't going to find a much better market than they're bringing right now. Uh, this week, uh, Wednesday, we got, or this week, we got two dairy cattle auctions Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Tuesday, we're going to have our special monthly dairy heifer auction. Proven results there for the heifer sales. Multiple buyers from multiple states coming. Uh, we're expecting over 500 heifers. Uh, we are featuring 140 registered brown Swiss heifers. That's going to be a complete dispersal. Uh, the very top-end kind there, they're going to be from baby calves all the way through shortbreads. We'll have uh, all the registration papers on those with full pedigrees. Um, like I said, pictures of those on our website. Then Wednesday, we got three herd dispersals. We have one excellent herd of tie stall cows. They are also free stall adapted. Uh, there's going to be about 75 of them. They're going to have an 80-pound tank average, lots of 120, 130-pound cows in there. And they're going to have a nice low cell count on test of 100,000 years and years of AI breeding. That's a really good herd of cows. We'll also have two organic herd dispersals. One herd's all Holstein Fleckbee Cross. Uh, the other herd is going to be crossbreds, Jersey Cross, Shorthorn Cross, Normandy Cross, uh, plus lots more cattle coming in for that sale. Full details at premierlivestockandauctions.com. Uh, questions, call us at Premier 715-229-2500. like to thank everybody that came out to our large spring machinery auction, uh, being a big success there, guys. We had a big sale. We had an outstanding overflow crowd for that sale, guys. We were pretty impressed, everybody that came out for that. Uh, we're really looking forward to our next sale here in June. Uh, we will start accepting machinery consignments starting next week for the June sale. We'll do something a little different this time. Uh, if you guys got equipment before we get it advertised, we're going to offer some of this equipment for uh, private sale. Um, so we will list that. Uh, we'll discuss prices and uh, we'll have that for sale. So uh, we will have a bunch of equipment for sale if you're looking to. Um, so like I said, got a lot of stuff coming in for next week. So check that out on our website, premierlivestockandauctions.com and that's the way it shaped up, Kristen. Wow, you had a busy week last week and another big week coming up. Yeah, no, we're really looking forward to it. And, uh, yeah, it was a wonderful week last week. So Excellent. thank everyone. Yep, nope, thank you so much, Rocky, and we'll catch you tomorrow. You betcha. There Bye. he goes, Rocky Olson over at Premier Livestock. And now it's that time of the morning. I think Mike D'Andrea's 
probably up and about with some good news on our forecast. Good morning, Mike. Uh, good morning. I think I'm still asleep, though. I don't know if I'm up and ready to deliver oh, it. Oh, come on now. you got to be an early bird. The early bird gets the worm, <laughs> and it's spring. They're back, so you got to fight for it now. That is true. I saw a couple robins out of my front yard recently. A couple? I think I've seen hundreds by now. I don't know if I had hundreds, but there was about three or four of them bathing in a puddle <laughs> due to the snow melt, and I said, well, they're kind of bathing in muddy water, so I don't know how clean they're getting. <laughs> Well, then you should get a bird bath for them. Yeah, I should, but I haven't yet. Oh, I see, I see. <laughs> Nature gave me one. <laughs> Nature gave you one. <laughs> Save your money. Just give them a muddy puddle. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, well, we've had a pretty good spring. Catch us up. What's going on? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, temperatures may not be as warm as we'd like, but at least we're not uh, below zero. Now, anyways, for today, we'll have some intervals of clouds and sun. I think we'll have more sunshine in the early going with highs getting into about the low to mid 40s. And tonight, pretty much a carbon copy of this morning. Lows dipping to the low 20s and a partly cloudy sky. Starting off tomorrow with more sunshine, but we'll have some clouds rolling in into the afternoon. And Wednesday, again, maybe starting off with some clouds during the daybreak hours, but more sunshine, but much cooler with highs only climbing around the freezing point. Thursday, a little warmer, low 40s, but that also brings chances at some precipitation and well, possibly some snow mixing in with some rain. And going into Friday, more of the same, but breezy with winds out of the north-northeast. And Friday night, maybe even some snow mixing in with that. Saturday, staying in the upper 30s with a mostly sunny sky. And Sunday, warming it up, maybe not quite getting to that elusive 50-degree mark, but it looks like we could get into the upper 40s. Now, at the moment, we have a mostly clear sky and a temperature of 22 degrees in Eau Claire. I'm really happy with the weather we've had. Honestly, it really hasn't been so bad, and we could have had the snow like they did towards the eastern part of the state. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we had uh, we had that pushing further east, so we were in the clear for that. I know. Last week, Monday, I looked at that, and I'm like, oh, I don't want any more snow. And, <laughs> you know, we, we, we jinxed it. We shoved it right out and said, nope, we're done. Yes, we did. Thank you, Mother Nature. Yes. <laughs> All right, Mike, you have a great day. Stay warm. You as well. We'll talk <laughs> we'll to you, you next later. week. All there right. he goes. Mike Dandry, our Skywarn 13 meteorologist, with us this morning. And we've got some more weather, news, and markets coming up next right here on Wax. Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. And it's that time in the morning to check in with some morning markets. We're going to head over to the Equity Altoona Barn and check in with Jim Lindsay and Jim. Catch us up on how everything went last week and what's coming up this next week. Choice beef steers and heifers dollar thirty to a dollar fifty nine. Choice dairy cross steers and heifers dollar thirty to a dollar fifty seven. High yielding choice and prime Holstein steers dollar forty to a dollar fifty. Choice Holstein steers dollar twenty five to a dollar thirty nine. Select under finished heavyweight oversized steers and heifers dollar twenty four and down. Top twenty percent of the cull cows sold from eighty seven to a dollar. We had a top of dollar three. 60% of the cows sold from 70 to 86. The bottom 20% of the cows sold from 69 and down. Organic market from Tuesday, 80% of the organic cows sold from $1.40 to $1.58. The bottom 20% of the organic cows sold from $1.39 and down. Cold bulls sold from 95 to $1.10. Thin, full horn, and lightweight bulls all discounted. 80% of the 95-pound and up Holstein bull calves sold from $1. Sold from $100 to $230 per head. Light and poor quality calves sold from $100 per head and down. Quality beef calves sold from $175 to $310 per head. Our next special feeder sale will be Friday, March 31st, starting at noon. The special bread beef cow sale and the feeder sale will be live on Cattle USA. If you have any questions about how to register as a bidder on Cattle USA or to consign cattle to upcoming sale, feel free to give us a call at 715 835 
3104. To check out our early consignments, go to the Equity Livestock Market consignment page and click on the Altoona Market. This has been Jim Lindsay reporting from Equity Livestock in Altoona. Have a great day. Thank you, Jim, and you as well. That was Jim Lindsay at the Equity Altoona Barn. And now we're going to switch over to the Stratford Equity Barn and check in with Jerry Fitzgerald. Good morning, Jerry. Well, Kristen, and a very good morning to you and Jill. Um, another very nice day on tap. And uh, fortunately, up here in the northern part of the state, we didn't uh, have to worry about shoveling snow this morning with the folks down south. I saw I saw a report. One town, I forget where it was, got 20 inches of snow. Ooh. Yeah, I forget what town it was, down there somewhere. But anyway, we don't have to worry about that because we've got nice weather coming up. So uh, be thankful for that. And uh Maybe spring is finally here, huh? I sure hope so. I like spring. Yeah, well, we all do. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we'll tell the folks about what's going on this week here at Equity Stratford. Uh, Good morning, everybody. And we are all set to get started this this morning at 10 o'clock with our Monday auction here at Stratford. Uh, We do, of course, on Monday, we sell conventional-type market cows and uh, fed cattle and uh, market bulls, of course. All that will be this morning. We'll get to those baby calves about about 11.30 this morning, tomorrow, Tuesday. we have the hay and bedding uh, sale. Uh, that starts at 10 o'clock tomorrow. 11 o'clock tomorrow will be the market auction. And also on Tuesday, we do sell organic market cows. Folks, if you got organic market cows to sell, uh, prices are excellent on organics. Uh, high-yielding organic cows on last week's market, mostly from $1.38 up to a top of $1.65. So, again, uh, good market on those organics. On Wednesday, our auction does start at 10 o'clock. Full marketing day, of course, on Wednesday. Uh, market cows, uh, sell most of our fed cattle on Wednesday, along with sheep, hogs, and goats. Baby calves, our feeder cattle auction, uh, is at 12.30 every Wednesday, 11 o'clock start time on Thursday for our auction, and we sell market cattle and baby calves on Thursday. So, again, uh, markets are very, very good. Uh, uh, Top-yielding uh, top, uh, top uh, conventional market cows last week, selling mostly from 88 all the way up to 105. Uh, baby calves last week also very, very strong. Top hosting bull calves up to 295, and good quality beef calves just topped again at $500. So very good markets on the top quality calves and uh, on all uh, classes of um, market cattle. So, uh, folks, good time to be selling. And anyway, if you've got cattle that can sign, let us know. 687-4101 is our phone number here in Stratford. Happy to put them on the consignment list for you or any other questions you may have. So, again, uh, don't have to worry about weather today. So, folks, do drive careful, though, and full marketing week. And we'll be back here tomorrow to tell the folks about how the markets are going this week. And uh, we were listening earlier. I'm sure a lot of folks were about uh, Bob talking about uh, with the uh, wind turbines and stuff coming uh Lots of lots of questions and lots of lots of decisions that have to be made regarding those. So I don't know, Kristen, have they approached anybody on your area over there? Um, there was some talk, I think, a year or two ago, but yeah, just talk at that point. Well, like the, I think the gentleman brought up a very good point. There is how much uh, productive farmland is going to be taking out of uh, circulation. I mean, we still need that. Uh, Although we're very uh, efficient at producing food, we still need the land for it. And one thing about these wind turbines, they're not gonna they're not gonna come where there's all wooded areas, or because you know. So they're they're gonna take good farmland out, and I think that's a major major concern. Yeah, they'll be talking about all the concerns and you know the pros and cons, and that's all they can do is approach it, and the majority will rule. You know, they get the final say. Well, anyway, you ladies have a nice day, and we'll like I said, we'll be back here tomorrow morning, folks. Enjoy the day, and. Uh, uh, looks like it's going to be a good one. We're going to get to what did he, I wasn't paying attention to the weather guy, 40-some degrees today? 
Yep, we're looking at a high of 43. Oh, pretty soon you'll be doing the morning show from the parking lot. It'll be nice and warm, right? I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Jerry, you have a good day. We'll catch you next week, or tomorrow. Tomorrow. And there he goes, Jerry Fitzgerald at the Stratford Equity Barn. For those who work in acres, not in hours, Wax 104.5 and the Midwest Farm Report. Well, we always say it's early bird gets the worm, better late than never. Morgan McCarthy joins us now. It must be a busy news day. And Morgan, catch us up. What's going on in the newsroom today? Good morning. Well, here's what we're learning today coming out of your weekend and into a new week. We begin with an update from the courts that Black River Falls woman in a murder case now being held on cash bond of a million dollars. 49-year-old Star Myers is accused of killing a man after he told her he had slept with other women. Police say she and four others charged with hiding his body. Myers was on Zoom heading into the weekend and she appeared in court that way, currently serving a sentence for meth distribution. In other headlines, the uh, responders were on scene in the town of Washington. A house fire there. Left a home in its attached garage, a complete loss, but no one was hurt. This was over the weekend, Saturday night, and it was on um, Hillside Park Road. Took firefighters about four hours to put out those flames. The cause remains under investigation. As we look to the political stage, familiar name to our area, U.S. Senator Tammy Baldwin seeks transparency in drug pricing. Wisconsin Democrats says patients deserve to know why those medications cost as much as they do. Things like how much the company spends on research and development, how much they spend on marketing their drug to increase the demand, how much it actually costs to manufacture the medication or the device itself. The Fair Drug Pricing Act would also require drug manufacturers to alert the FDA of pending price increases. Well, we still have some of those bigger piles of the white stuff, but uh, do we get to say better them than us if we look at Madison? They had some record snow falling over the weekend. It was on the books there as the city picked up 12.1 inches of snow Saturday, which uh, was breaking the previous March 25th record of five inches. That's set in 1899, so, be sh- so they're back to square one when it comes to that spring snow melt, it looks like. Meanwhile, a sign of the seasons, you may see your first robin. Speaking of red, the uh, Wisconsin Badgers back in the practice field for the first time since the hiring of head coach Luke Fickle in November. Spring practice began over the weekend. They're doing indoors, obviously, but Wisconsin will host the launch April 22nd at Camp Randall Stadium. That's an open practice event. And if you know any Harry Potter fans, well, a little guy with the uh, lightning bolt on his forehead's growing up. His representative confirmed to People that the Harry Potter star and longtime girlfriend actress Erin Dark are expecting their first child. The pair first met while filming the 2013 drama Kill Your Darlings. The baby's gender and due date remain unconfirmed. I'm Trey Thomas. I don't know much about that baby, but we know Jill has plenty of them joining the herd as it's calving around the state. And at Welke Land and Cattle Company, I do believe L is the letter they're naming with. So in March, I just got to make sure we add a lion and a lamb to the list there. And as we head back to the barn, you can decide uh, which is which here, the lion and the lamb with Kristen Smith, Jill Welke, and your Midwest Farm Report on Wax 104.5. <laughs> Thanks so much, Morgan. And what do you think? Lion and lamb. Oh, I, I think it's a possibility. I think that was uh, kind of a holdout for twins. And Leon. Leon, lion. <laughs> Leo the lion. Well, we've got a Leonardo. And we. I said... We is that have... like DiCaprio or Da Vinci? Oh, he's just an awesome calf. So. <laughs> I picked it out. Nice. I, I asked my son if that's what he wanted to name it. And he kind of looked at me. He's like, yeah. So I wrote it on the tag. There you go. I like it. 
Yeah, that's a lot of babies to have, though. 24. Yeah, we got 24. Huh. Well, we've got about twice that, or we got about that many more to go, though, so. Yeah. It'll be okay. You'll have babies chasing you. No, are you kind of like the the calf whisperer where they follow you around? They actually do follow me around some, but my dog comes out there too, so they always chase her. <laughs> and it's just hilarious. And sometimes she, sometimes they catch up to her and get bump her in the butt. Mm-hmm. Kind of like cats when they chase dogs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I have actually cats that come out there too, and that Aww. gets a little bit concerning to me. <laughs> well, you know, and with calves, we got to feed them. We got to feed calves and cows. Dr. Dan Undersander is joining us now with Bob Bosold. And Bob, catch us up on what are we looking at? Interceding into alfalfa. What's going on? Lots of techniques to get good alfalfa stands. And we're going to find out more today with Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. Dan, what about interceding into uh, current alfalfa stands? Can that be done and how do we do it? Yes, Bob. A lot of people, when they see they have thin alfalfa in the spring, uh, think about trying to seed something into it. And I would say basically the answer is uh, you're not likely to get your money back from doing that. We do know that if the stands are thin, we are going to have increased weed problems. We know that the yield is down if we're at less than particularly 40 stems per square foot. And oftentimes the best alternative is simply to turn the field over and seed another one with a cover crop to get the forage we need. But let's go down with each of the alternatives and, and look at them a little bit. Uh, some people have tried seeding alfalfa into alfalfa stands. And the data is very clear on this, that alfalfa gives off a compound that's toxic to the germination of other alfalfa seeds and their growth. This is probably a survival mechanism from having developed in arid regions of the world. But so what happens if you interseed alfalfa into a stand over a year old, then um, the plants will sometimes come up and people will think that I was wrong. But then if you go back and look at the end of the summer, they've all died out from the competition, from being weak and spindly plants. Uh, seeding alfalfa into alfalfa simply does not work. If the stand has been there a year or less, then you can reseed it if you had a stand failure because the plant hasn't been there long enough to develop the uh, autotoxic compounds in the soil. One year or less, you can reseed. Over one year, we would not recommend that. Another alternative that some people suggest is seeding red clover into alfalfa stands. And this can work because alfalfa, red clover is not affected by the alfalfa autotoxicity so it is a way to get another legume into the stands. Uh, any of you that have grown red clover, though, the important thing is to recognize, one, that the forage is a dark brown or black. Don't let it bother you, but it does bother some people. And secondly, red clover doesn't dry as well as alfalfa. So it's, it's okay to mixing into a field you're going to put up for haylage. But it's really hard to get the batches of red clover to windrow dry and still have leaves on the alfalfa. So okay for haylage, not so good for hay. The third alternative is to interseed an annual or a perennial grass. Uh, mainly, um, we think of cool season grasses that we would interseed. Uh, an, an Italian or a perennial ryegrass may be the best fit because they germinate quickly and grow 
well in cool weather, the uh, will come up and yield. You'd cut them at about the time you'd take first cutting. However, they're likely to die the first winter. So they're a crop that is appropriate for helping you through this year if you intend to turn the field out. Uh, the other alternatives people intercede are orchard grass, meadow fescue, or tall fescue, and they really don't contribute much because it takes, uh, they're slower to establish than the ryegrasses. It takes a long time for them to get up. So what we oftentimes see is it comes up and people think they're helping their stand, but if you come look at the yield of the areas with the grass interceded to uh, interceding uh, nothing, the yield is about the same. So you will get grass, but you will reduce the alfalfa, and the yield is about the same. So in summary, uh, uh, when you have a thin stand of alfalfa, there really is nothing that we can intercede into it that will help keep the yield up for this current year. And I uh, would suggest that we think about turning over stands, starting new fields, perhaps with a cover crop if we need some forage early in the spring. Otherwise, uh, it's important to know the options. The interseeding will give you some sand, make you think you did something, but it isn't going to increase the yield. Interesting stuff, so uh, pay attention. Look at those stands. See what you need to do. Dan Undersander, our state forage specialist, with us once again on our next Grow Alfalfa Update program. Let's take a look at our markets one last time this morning on the Chicago Board of Trade. We've got your July corn down a nickel at 618. July oats down a fraction at 362. July beans down four at 1401. July soybean meal was down 240 a ton to 439.20 a ton. July wheat down seven at 692. Country elevators in the area. We've got Golden Plump in Arcadia at 606 for corn. Baldwin's at 591 for corn, 1362 for beans. Wheat and grain and Chippewa's at 583 for corn, 1364 for beans. And Connorsville, they're at 583 and 1359. Durand is at 586 and 1357. Mondovi's at 591 for corn, 1362 for beans. Elmwood's at 591 and 1367. Fall Creek is at 577 and 1337. Osseo at 596 and 1367. Northside and Loyal's at 603 and 1359. Northside and Arcadia, 606 for corn. 1369 for beans in Elk Mound, 592 and 1363. Sparta's at 591 and 1371. Ellsworth is at 566 for corn, 1317 for beans. Boysville's at 604. Stanley at 608. New Richmond, 593. Switching to the dairy side, barrel cheese was up a quarter cent to $1.96 and a quarter. Your block's up four and a half cent to 210. Double A grade butter was down a quarter cent to 234 and a half. And your class three futures for March were unchanged at 1810. April up 17 cents to 1993. May up 17 to 1912. June up 11 at 1877. July up 18 cents to 1901. And those markets were upward double digits through 2023. And that's one last look at your markets for this morning. We're at 22 degrees right now, looking for a partly sunny day with a high of 43. To the Midwest Farm Report, available at WaxRadio.com in its entirety every day. Brought to you in part by Bluff Country Feed and Seed in Montovi and the Chilson family of brand dealerships, Chippewa Falls and Kadok. On-demand content at WaxRadio.com. <laughs>